Yeah, it is. Um, give it a give it a silent spot so I can track the noise. Welcome back. It's been more than an hour, and I finished my story, and Salem has finished his story that is three times as long as mine. Uh, which is uh, on purpose. It was meant to demoralize you and make you stop writing. Well, it worked. <laughs> Never writing again. Good, good. Okay. This time, you are going to read first, but I am going to check to see the volume levels, because those lines are looking small. Hold on. Those lines are looking hella small. Who's this? Who can it be texting at my door? Please cut that. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Definitely will. Take it away, Salem. All right. Oh, wait. This has a title, and it's called Fovo. Fobo? Fovo with a V. Oh, Fovo. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a sip of water. Fovo. When I was a kid, I was very hard on myself. I didn't feel like I was ever doing good enough. Or even if I did do something good, I would only feel good about it for a little while before I started to feel like the accomplishment was only good enough to prove my value for another week. As if I had a quota, and if I didn't meet it, I wasn't worth as much as I was taking from others. My Aunt Kathy blames it on the public school system. My aunt adopted me when I was a baby because my parents were found to be legally unfit to care for me. They never try to reach out to me or my aunt. I'm fine with that because I want to live with Kathy anyway because she helps me. Kathy says that my self-doubt follows me around like a little monster trying to pull me down. And that's why I would get anxious about never being able to do good enough for an extended period. And she was right. I know this because I could see him. I called him Fovo, mainly because it just sounds silly and my aunt said that by identifying my self-doubt, I can belittle him instead of letting him belittle me. And she was right again, because I started to see him less and less. I knew better than to talk about Fovo to anyone besides my aunt, since nobody else could see him and people tend to think you are insane when you describe anything remotely similar to a ghost or a ghoul or anything that you can't see or you can see but you can't touch. Just thinking his name in my head or when he appeared would make him slink away. He tended to slink because he was so low to the ground and small. I would see his head pop around a corner of a doorway, and one hand after the other grasp the edge of the wall. He would look at me, which was very unsettling, but since I knew he would leave, he always did, slipping back the way he came. The last time I saw Hova, the last time I saw Fovo was in high school, when I was sitting in detention for being late to lunch. I was simmering in my seat thinking about what a bitch Miss Shrinkle was for putting me in here, even after I explained that I had been helping my friend with a busted leg get their books to class. As I sat there, I started to imagine how I might have gotten to the cafeteria if I really cheesed it. Fobo pressed his face up against the lower glass of the door, eyes wider than ever. It started to fog up with red condensation. He didn't stay long because I knew that Shrinkle was a bitch. A student walked through his ghostly form, and Fovo faded away, like an itsy-bitsy spider that doesn't feel so good. Today was different, though. It had been, it's been five years since Fovo peeked his ugly head out of a trash can or a storm drain, which feels like quite an accomplishment since college has not been without a great deal of stress. 
but I finally saw him once again. This time he was sitting on a park bench playing a ukulele with some students I had seen before. Some of them were playing little drums and other percussive instrument percussive instruments. Fovo? I said to my I said out loud to myself. But this time he didn't slink away. And he wasn't looking at me at all, actually. I should probably point out that this was the first time I'd seen Fovo with an entire body, and at this point, seeing him on the bench, I could tell for certain he was a midget. I stood there watching him play and sing in complete puzzlement. Why wasn't he disappearing? What am I saying? Why is he a midget with a ukulele on a park bench? He just can't come back for no reason. I'm not doubting myself, am I? I turned to walk away, pretty pissed off, and honestly a little worried. Ignoring you has always worked before, so I'm going to ignore you again. Fovo, Fovo, Fovo. I mean, what the fuck? I was kidding myself. I hadn't beaten Fovo in the past by ignoring him. By not reacting strongly, maybe, but not ignoring. Saying his name and looking at him without fear was the opposite of ignoring. I turned around and began rushing back to Fovo before I could slip down a slippery slope of self-doubt again. The scene I approached was a nightmare. One of the musicians that had recently arrived was kneeling over his guitar case. When he stood up, he unloaded his rifle into Fovo, who shook like a helpless stuffed teddy bear, and the teddy bear was also being shot violently with a gun. People didn't have enough. People didn't even have time to scream. The gunman clearly had targeted Fovo above all other, but was preparing to turn on the rest of the parkourers as he grabbed the new clip from his coat pocket. I had only gained momentum since I had turned to face the enemy I believed to be Fovo, and I used what force and focus I could muster to tackle the gunman desperately. His head hit the concrete, and he was in a bad way almost immediately. I don't remember if I thought he would get up or not, but I remember taking the gun from him and shooting him in the eye. I waited with Fovo as he lay on the bench, hoping the paramedics would hurry up. When they finally did arrive, they put an oxygen mask on him. It fogged up red as he was just stared as he just stared silently up at me, eyes wide. I won't ever be able to forgive myself for Fovo's death. For months after, people would often tell me that I had saved so many people in the park, but it was incredible that it was incredible that only one had died. I didn't feel incredible. My aunt said I did what I had to do, that I had to fail in order to succeed. I hoped that for once she was wrong, because ever since that day that Fovo had been killed, I see this girl. She is always moving, so I quickly lose sight of her, but I have seen her move through walls and people. I call her Elpida, and I will not fail her. Dun, dun, dun. You def definitely took a different take on that I did. <laughs> okay. Did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know it was like a bit rushed. I didn't really get to revise what I did. So mine uh, has no title. Okay. No title. Number two by sale. <laughs> <clears throat> Timmy looked out the window at the other children, sighed, and sat back around on the couch. He picked up a tissue and blew his nose. Shrieks and screams and laughters echoed through the glass behind him, and he found himself sighing even more. It was Halloween night, and every kid in the neighborhood was trick-or-treating except for him. An old black-and-white movie was on the television. Their cable was out, so he couldn't even find any cartoons. Just his grandfather's old movies. He hated being sick. The doorbell rang and his grandfather answered it. He opened the door with a smile. Oh, wow! What a scary ghost! And what are you, a ninja? I remember dressing as a ninja when I was your age. He gave each kid a piece of candy 
age. <laughs> 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 Why is talking hard? I don't know. <laughs> he gave each kid a piece of candy each, and they left. Grandfather's philosophy was only one piece of candy per kid. It even applied to Timmy. Grandfather came into the room. Oh, a werewolf! Are you sure this isn't too scary for you? He pointed at the TV. Timmy rolled his eyes. This isn't scary. It's not even real. You can see the scams in the costumes. Not real? Well, this is the real monster you'll ever see. What's scarier than a guy dressing up and pretending to be a werewolf? Somebody's, somebody's coming out of your dress as a werewolf. You run. He picked a piece of candy out of the bowl that sat at the table near the couch. It wasn't good candy, though, or Timmy would have already dug into it. No, it was old people candy. Nasty butterscotch that Grandfather slowly unwrapped and sucked on. Can I have some candy? Timmy asked, pointing at the bucket Grandfather had brought into the room to eliminate any error in communication. You already had a piece. You're sick. No, I didn't. Sometimes he could trick Grandfather this way. You said I'd have to wait until later. Hmm. Grandfather considered this and stuck his hand into the bucket. Well, I suppose if I did, then you'd be allowed one piece of candy. He pulled out Timmy's favorite, a chocolate and peanut butter cup. Timmy's eyes widened, and he felt himself drooling. But, Grandfather said, I didn't say that. I gave you your candy earlier. He put the candy back in the bucket and put the bucket way up high on a bookshelf where Timmy couldn't reach it. You're gonna have to control that lion, young man. Had I lied like that to your grandfather, I would have gotten a switching. Mom says you can't hit me. Hit you? No. Switch you? Maybe. I'd make you go out and get the biggest, scariest twig you could find from the yard, then... Have you come and bend over my knee and twig? Right on your bottom. Grandfather smiled. It sure kept me in line. But Mom said you can't. Timmy protested. He imagined having to walk out in Grandfather's backyard in the dark to find the scariest twig. The light was burnt out back there, and all sorts of shadows loomed inside the fence. Grandfather winked. Your mother isn't here tonight, is she? He stood up and went to the kitchen. Calling to Timmy, he raised his voice. But I'm sure we won't have any need for that. You're going to be a good little boy, aren't you? Timmy sighed again. Yes, father. Good. Now come eat your dinner. Before long, Timmy had finished the soup his grandfather had prepared and been tucked away into the spare bedroom. He sat awake, listening to the sound of children laughing outside until that faded with the sunlight, and only the creaking of the house and his father's old bones remained. His grandfather walked through the house for a while before he stopped jittering around, and Timmy was left staring up at the ceiling of his mother's old bedroom. He wondered how it would have been for her living here for so many years before he had come around. It seemed strange to think of his mother without him. 
He wondered if his mother had ever had similar thoughts about his grandfather. An owl hooted. The wind rustled the tree outside. A branch skittered across the window. Timmy pulled the blanket up over his eyes. When nothing touched him or grabbed him or ate him, he pulled it back off. The room was dark, but he was alone. Timmy got out of bed and walked to the door. It creaked open, but otherwise it was quiet. He could hear the television downstairs. Somebody yelled about Frankenstein's monster, but Timmy wasn't afraid of that. He was afraid of the grandfather clock that loomed against the wall, leaving a scary shadow that hung down the hallway. The clock chimed. Timmy backed away. It stopped. He ventured forward. The stairs creaked with every step, and if he knew any curse words, he would have said them under his breath. Instead, he inched forwards, bit by bit, until he reached the landing. There, he could see the living room with his grandfather fast asleep on the couch. On the television, black and white villagers swung their torches at the angry monster. On the floor by the couch was a bucket of candy. A few wrappers sat loose on grandfather's chest. Timmy glared at the hypocrisy. Timmy made his way next to grandfather, careful with every step. He used the screaming of the villagers and the monster to mask his sounds. Right as he stepped up to the bucket, his foot made a loud creak. He froze. His grandfather slowly turned over. He moved to a different place and bent down to grab the candy. I wouldn't do that, a voice said. He turned towards the television. The wolfman was talking to the villagers. He put a lot of trust in you. Timmy didn't know what was going on. Why was the wolfman defending the monster? Timmy grabbed the bucket and wondered where he would go. If he ate the candy inside, he would have no place to put the wrappers. He couldn't just throw them away. He wondered about taking it upstairs and hiding them under the bed. But what about when Grandfather cleaned? He looked out the window towards the backyard. The shed was barely illuminated by neighbor's patio light. It would be perfect. He went to the door. It was new. It had been installed recently by his mother and therefore slid open soundlessly. He listened closely to hear his grandfather continue snoring, then stepped out into the night. The television called out, I'll be watching you, and he closed the door. It was cold and... It was cold and brisk October air, and Timmy was only wearing his pajamas, so he hurried to the shed. The big oak tree stared down at him menacingly, and other dark shadows snuck up behind him. Before he knew it, he was running at a full sprint. He got to the shed and heard a dog, or maybe a wolf, howling at the moon. He pulled at the door and remembered the key under the mat. He dared not look around. The shadows were surely coming for him. He hastily retrieved the key and opened the door and burst inside. The shed was illuminated with the neighbor's porch light through a couple windows opposite the door. He sighed, seeing that all the tools were not scary in the pale light. He went to the candy. Before long, he had eaten half the bucket and threw the wrappers. <laughs> <laughs> and threw the wrappers all over the floor. He would clean them up later, and nobody would know. He could even leave them there, and Grandfather would think it was some teenager. A shadow passed the window. Timmy looked up, jolted. There was nothing there. 
It must have been an owl. He stared at the two windows. Then the profile of a dog passed the one on the right. He put his hands over his mouth to stifle a scream and fumble the latch. The door wouldn't lock from the inside, but he could keep it shut. No dog could open a door. But as he watched the window, a large paw, too large for a dog, eclipsed the light from the outside. It was almost human-like, but furry with massive claws. It scratched at the window and disappeared. He heard it trudge through the grass outside towards the door. Timmy pulled himself under the workbench and folded his legs up into a fetal position. Something was at the door. It scratched and tried the knob. The door creaked open. Standing in the light was a large furry wolfman. It stepped in the shed and looked down at the floor. Timmy, have you been eating candy? It looked right at him under the bench. Timmy, I can see you. No! Timmy stammered. He pulled himself back under the table as far as he could go. The wolfman roared and bent down. He grabbed Timmy's arm and yanked him out. Timmy fell onto the pile of wrappers and looked up. Then he saw that it wasn't a wolfman. Rather, it was a guy dressed as a wolfman. Hey, who are you? I'm the wolfman. No, you aren't. The wolfman roared. It was very wolf-like. Timmy was inclined to believe him. Yes, I am. And you've been eating all of this candy. No, I haven't. Another roar. Okay, I have. What's it to you? Little boys shouldn't lie. Neither should men in wolf costumes. Silence! You're a little liar, and you're going to be punished. The wolfman pointed to the door. Go get a switch. Timmy stepped outside. The night air seemed even colder. He looked at the oak tree and at the door. He remembered what his grandfather had said about running from men in wolf costumes and made a break for it. He had only gotten a few feet when he felt the claws grab around him. The wolfman picked him up and set him down in front of the tree. I said get a switch, little boy. Timmy picked up a twig. No, the biggest and the scariest one. Timmy picked up the biggest and the scariest twig. The wolfman made him bend over his knee and raise the switch up high. Timmy whimpered and covered his eyes. All right, Timmy, have you had enough? The wolfman said calmly. <laughs> Timmy looked up. The wolfman's demeanor had changed. He had lowered the switch a little. Look, little one, I just don't want you to lie to your grandfather. You're sick. You should be in bed. The wolfman patted his back. Timmy finally understood. He nodded. I'm sorry, Grandfather. The wolfman shook his head. No, Timmy. He took off the mask. There was nothing underneath. I'm not your grandfather. Timmy screamed. The wolfman brought the switch down on Timmy's bottom. Timmy screamed louder at the pain. The wolfman laughed. Did you learn your lesson? He roared. Timmy sobbed an answer, and he was let go. He burst into the house and ran upstairs. His grandfather was never found. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one. I don't know what it was. Did but I, I actually put that at the end? <laughs> yeah.
Did you forget? Oh no, I thought his grandfather never found out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh god. I, oh. We changed that almost as much as that Sonic story. <laughs> how a few words around you can just switch it right up switch it <laughs> the biggest switch i could find right at the ending so i had this weird um like inner conflict of like what at what point does this just sound weird the whole part the whole part. <laughs> based on how i was reading it basically i couldn't help i just instantly wanted it to be a furry and i guess technically it was so when it said a furry I just couldn't not pause. A furry wolf man. <laughs> a furry. I intentionally put a part in my in my previous story, not the one you just read, but the one about the family, the Robinsons, um, where the dog came and sniffed her balls of yarn. <laughs> but you kind of read it at real speed, even though it chopped. But uh, Travis laughed anyway. Yeah, so that worked out. Yeah, I also thought it was funny when you started reading the Robinson story. You said Robinson, and I almost made the family name Robinson. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, the reason was there's this lady at my workplace, which I won't mention, um, whose last name is Robinson, and I always got it mixed up with Robinson, and she'd get pissed off. Um, and I was just going to do that just to fuck with you. And then it just cracked me up that like as soon as you read Robinson, you were like, Robinson, like shit. <laughs> Mrs. Robitussin. Robitussin. Well, um. Oh no, I said the thing. I said, um. No, that's cool. I've been saying them a lot. Oh. I've also been talking too low and too quietly. It's okay. Because next episode, we will be better. Right. What's the prompt for next episode? I want scary again. I like doing the scary. You like scary? <laughs> I got so scared that I thought Travis was coming in to murder us or just steal the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I heard the door open, and I'm like, okay, Cassie or Travis is here. Call out. No response. So I'm just like instantly just picturing that someone's in there, thinks it's cool not to respond. So I'm like, definitely a baddie. <laughs> so I got out my baddie. All right, well, something, what about something about home invasion? Oh, I would like that. Yeah. I'd like that. One of my favorite movies is... Um, home Alone? One of my favorite scary movies. No, <laughs> definitely not. Sorry. <laughs> not a terrible movie, but not my favorite. One of my favorite scary movies is um, Funny Games. Have you ever heard of that? I think you mentioned it. Okay, that's a good one. Your story reminded me of Creep. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. You've got to watch that sometime. Did I blatantly guys. rip it off on accident? Um, no. Just I think maybe I was fueling it with what I'd seen in Creep a little bit anyway. Okay. Um, Creep definitely good. What was the other movie I said you should see? Toy Story. <laughs> you ever seen Panic Room? No, no. I'm not. It's a home invasion movie. It's pretty good. I'd watch it. can't remember sorry killed that well 
If you liked that and you'd like more, check out our podcast next week. Yes. Or at some point, whenever we release it. Beg for it. Next week, home invasions. <laughs> yeah. If you have recently had your home invaded, I don't know, I'll make mine funny. It'll give you some laughs. Uh, bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. That's also from Toy Story. Bye. <laughs>